Every leader has a strategy. Executing on that strategy is the challenge. If you want to learn how to effectively achieve what you've set out to accomplish, then this show is for you. Gain keen insights and listen in as leaders share their stories and challenges. Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation welcome you to Leader Dialogue Radio. Hi everyone, I'm Duffy Dixon. Welcome to Leader Dialogue, brought to you by Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation. Joining me in studio is Ben Sawyer. He is the CEO of Soar Vision Group. Ben has more than 30 years of executive leadership experience. He launched the Soar Vision Group to help align people with purpose and to achieve exceptional results. Next to him is Lisa Council. She is the Chief Commercial Officer. She comes to Soar with more than two decades of clinical, leadership, and clinical informatics experience. She also spent 19 years at the McKesson Corporation. Joining us again this week is our guest, Dr. Kehlani Dunsmore. Dr. Dunsmore is an educator, a researcher, a literacy expert, a professor, and a program developer. And she is doctorally trained and focused on grant development and deployment of education and community of excellence initiatives. Thank you so much for joining us again this week, Dr. Dunsmore. Thank you, thank you for having me. So Kehlani, welcome back. For those listeners who did not hear last week's show, we would encourage you to go uh, take a listen because we're going to be doing a deep dive off that. And this year in Leader Dialogue Radio, we are targeting certain challenges or problems uh, and discussing how to be able to address those. So I think you'll find it really interesting. So, um, Kehlani, last uh, week you talked about why improving literacy, which really is getting national attention, uh, in particular in that birth to grade three window, really requires a system approach and not just a student or teacher approach. Can you kind of elucidate that again as a as a launching pad for our deep dive discussion? Sure. I think a lot of uh, policies we've had, particularly at the government level, or a lot of attentions tend to focus on sort of one little piece of of the problem or one little aspect of the solution. They focus on making sure we have certified and high-quality teachers, which, of course, is important. Um, um, Or they focus on making sure that we have high-quality principals, which, of course, is important. Um, But when we really think about systematically improving literacy, we really need to understand all the factors and characteristics that impact how students learn. And so when I talk about the system, if I'm just focusing on, you know, schools, I really ensure that I'm not just working with the teachers, I'm working with the administrators, the principals, the district leaders to ensure that we have a coherent approach, we have one focus, that we're organizing the resources that teachers need in support of that, the assessment systems support the focus. Um, But broadly, you know, the work in uh, communities of excellence, we're really thinking not just about schools, but really thinking about the community resources. So making sure that comes come in and they're not hungry. Kids come in and they know where they're going to go that night, that parents have, you know, employment, that there are support and resources. So when we're talking about a system, I don't mean to make the problem more complex than it needs to be, but we really need to understand and define literacy in light of the factors and the conditions that support children in being able to learn and in teachers being able to teach. So there is a, a comment that a friend of mine said, which is, the more complicated it gets, the more focused we get. Mm. And, and I think to, for the listeners to kind of uh, summarize the lowest common denominator with what uh, Dr. Dunsmore is talking about, any organization, any jurisdiction has to be able to have a focus, action, feedback loop 
to be able to succeed. So the focus is critical because if they're trying to do too many things at once, they'll fail at all of them. So they have to be able to say no to certain things to be able to say yes to the things that are really important. And they have to be able to share that focus. So that's step number one. Step number two is there has to be orchestrated, dedicated action around that focus to make sure you actually are making progress, which leads to the third, which is feedback as to how you're doing, right? So for example, on the feedback thing, if I'm driving up 85, which is a main artery in Atlanta, uh, and my speedometer is out, but I do get an email when I get home telling me how fast I am, that's not relevant information. <laughs> that's not going to help you when you get pulled And over. I can't say that to, yeah, to a police officer like, well, I I'm didn't know. I'm waiting for my email. <laughs> right? So the idea of feedback is you're getting the feedback right when you need it so you can learn and adjust and so forth. So again, as Dr. Kalani uh, Dunsmore said, if you are uh, in a complex system, which certainly this is with a lot of input variables, you get focused and simplify it by saying, okay, what are we really trying to accomplish? What are the root causal factors? What dedicated action do we have to apply to make sure that we're addressing those strategic priorities? And then how do we provide a real-time feedback on that? So uh, SOAR is based on that. And we have software, uh, e-learning services, all kinds of things to support that focus action feedback loop. And that is why we have invested in the education sector. It's why I asked Kehlani to come on as a full-time senior advisor in that particular focus. And as soon as you sign up for education, you sign up for communities of excellence. I, I think listeners understand that connection. So Kehlani, I'm going to just throw that ball back to you. Talk to us about kind of the the work you've been doing with LOSI. Explain to the listeners what that is and how that begins to empower what we're doing in this educational sector and communities of excellence. Ben, I'm so glad that you kind of framed the work of SOAR in that way and the work we're about, because sometimes when people hear, oh, complex, okay, now there's another complex, we can't solve it, we sort of get disillusioned, (laughs) we throw up our hands, oh my goodness, it's complex, I can't tackle it. No, complex just means we need to get razor-focused and very clear about what we're trying to achieve. Um, you referenced the Literacy Organizational Capacity Initiative, or LOCI. So LOCI in math is the, the origin or the starting point. And what we really do uh, with LOCI, it's, you know, my commitment was just with a group of teachers, and I said, look, everything you're going to hear me talk about, we certainly are going to talk about high-quality practices. What does good instruction and literacy look like? But simultaneously and equally, we're going to talk about the processes, the organizational conditions, the practices that need to be core and fundamental to this system to really improve. So it's complex, but it just means that we need to be very, very clear about what we're pursuing, what resources we need, and how we're monitoring it. And so, you know, this is why, you know, don't call me if you want me to come to do a workshop next Friday for your teachers. And that's not what I do because, you know, they'll come in, they'll hear something, but then the question is, what's the follow-up support? Is this really a priority of the district or am I one of ten other things they're achieving and trying to tackle? And so, I mean, I think what I love about and what brought me to SOAR is this kind of clarity, this laser focus on how do we help our leaders, how do we help all of our employees, all of our partners be very clear about what we're trying to achieve, 
really understanding what the problem is. Because in some systems, the problem, you know, might be when we when we talk about the Mississippi Delta, they have a high, you know, they really struggle with getting certified teachers. And we really are wrestling with how do we make sure that we have certified teachers there, that we have teachers who are going to stay, that teachers who understand the culture. We go other places, and it really is about understanding what best practice looks like and really what good instruction is because we've had administrators that have come and go or funders that have come and go and want this particular program or that particular program. I had uh, someone from a, um, a Department of Education say to me, you know, we de-skilled an entire generation of teachers by mandating a particular curriculum wow. and not expecting and supporting teachers to make informed decisions in the classroom. Huh. And so, you know, what we're about at SOAR and what we're really thinking when we talk about systems is getting really clear that sort of root causal analysis, what's going on and what are the issues around here and what are the systems and decisions we're going to make to, to address that. And we're not doing 10 things. This is what we're doing. And our progress monitoring as a system is to make sure, okay, do we have... Do we have the administrators engaging in the behaviors and the practices they need to? Are we spending money in ways that aligns with the decisions and the commitment we made? When we go in the classroom to observe or, um, and coach and support teachers, is it aligned very clearly with that one or two things that we've committed to? And then looking broadly at the community, um, you know, really thinking about, I mean, I, I have never seen an absence of of will and interest and desire to engage and support schools, business community, churches, everybody wants to get on board. But unfortunately, what they often do is they have their own kind of particular solution. Oh, we have this literacy program. Well, we'll run an after-school program. Oh, we have a literacy program. Well, we'll go in and we'll, we'll provide, um, you know, books. And, but the question is, is that really what the needs are? And are you right. really tackling the needs in a coherent and integrated and coherent way? Right. And that's what we're trying to do with SOAR is helping people take their kind of passion for change and passion for improvement and passion for commitment and really getting very clear about the systems and structures and processes that need to happen so we can make those gains and those changes we want so that we really can help all children become um, college and career ready and have the kind of literacy that opens doors for them. Right. So, so no one should be uh, misunderstand that activity is not a replacement for correct action. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, busyness before you act, make sure you know what you're trying to accomplish. So, so uh, just to underscore a couple things that Kaylani just said, the more complex it gets, the simpler we get. Right. And the simple part is you focus, you act in an orchestrated way and and actually in a very agile way to learn adjust and you make sure that you have the relevant performance measures and feedback so that you can adjust quickly right and become agile and that's how you change it doesn't make any difference whether you're a country or whether you are an organization or a state or a, a family or whatever or one convenience store. That's that's just <laughs> true. So if people want to know more about that, they can go to the SOAR Vision Group uh, website. We have uh, more of that on our homepage and kind of embedded throughout. But Kaylani, let's go back and talk about this challenge of literacy that we talked about last week. What are some of the kind of main priorities and system work based on your experience nationally that that jurisdictions and schools and and you know so on need to be thinking about as they're trying to address this 
So one of the things is to really unpack what we mean by um, both by literacy and what we mean by success. Um, you know, there's an enormous amount of, we're doing a lot of testing out there, and they'll say, oh, our kids are not on grade level. And I say, well, what does that mean? I mean, you know, so what, what is it? So really, whether it's a community, whether it's, um, you know, community foundation, whether it's a, a group of parents or a church, you know, really getting clear. So what is it we're expecting our kids to know and be able to do? And then what are the gaps that the kids are having? So that's kind of a, a first place is really understanding the problem um, in terms of in, in defining literacy. I mean, we've got fluency. Are your kids not decoding? Are they not fluent readers? Is it, you know, higher-level comprehension skills they struggle with? Do they not understand how to approach different text structures? Because the, if you think about it in the classroom, the intervention work, whether it's churches doing intervention or schools, the intervention and the approach you would have would be different based on the kind of, you know, literacy issues that are going on. But then the other piece is thinking about, so, so okay, maybe it's a, a fluency issue. So why are kids not fluent? Um, I've, I've been working in some schools in Texas, and we did walkthroughs, and, you know, there were no books in many of the classrooms. And so, you know, when I've wow. gone into communities, particularly issues around rural where, you know, we don't have libraries anymore in a lot of these communities, and they certainly, when I grew up in, in rural Michigan, we had little bookmobiles, but mm-hmm. I was also in a family where we could have books. You know, are there issues around just access to text that kids can read? Um, and so, and then thinking about a community, is it that the kids are coming in? I shared in the last, uh, last week when we talked, you know, I had a couple of kids, I was trying to work in a reading group this morning, and they were like, you know, I'm hungry, you know, I'm, can, we have, can we have a snack? And it was very difficult to keep them focused. So if we're looking at challenges around kids are coming to school, we talk about ready to learn, that they're not ready to learn because there's insecurity in the family and the home in a number of ways, or they're hungry when they come in. Um, those are issues that we need to really diagnose. What are the issues, you know, preventing kids from really um, learning uh, to their potential? What are the issues preventing teachers from effectively teaching? And if, as we diagnose it, and I mean, there may be literacy is a complex issue to learn, but there's often very uh, great clarity around what are the challenges we need to tackle, and then let's come up with a solution that marshals all the resources we have to tackle that. And it has to be done in a very coordinated way, right? So in the county we live in, Gwinnett County, they have recognized that and are working to be able to address food insecurity because they know that that impacts just general well-being. They're trying to to address homelessness. They're trying to address um, uh, this birth to five literacy challenge. And they're trying to address the onset of... um, health issues that are are related to not having consistent access to health care, right? So diseases and problems that otherwise wouldn't be there if people had regular access to health care. So we really applaud them for that. But that that level of of orchestration and understanding how do we connect the dots with all these different resources within uh, the county to be able to focus and then be able to act in a coordinated way and be able to understand exactly what we're trying to accomplish. So that is the that is the framework for success. So for listeners, uh, if this is if this is triggering your interest, um, uh, we encourage you to learn more. So you can dig into this podcast and and some of the other resources that uh, Kaylani is going to talk about. And we also encourage you to reach out to your community and share your concern and see where they are trying to address these things 
we work with communities in this regard, and Kehlani um, will tell you more about sort of how we do that in collaboration with foundations. But again, the main priorities are understanding what's the problem, what are we gonna do about it, how are we gonna measure the success, and then marshal the necessary resources in a coordinated way to address it. So Kehlani, this program management, we haven't called it that in this show, but that's really what this is. Who's gonna manage all those different resources? How do you find that to be effective or where, do you, where have you seen that effective across the country? So, uh, I think so. One of the ways to think about this. So, I'll, I'll answer it from a sort of a school and then a community-wide initiative. So, you know, one of the things we're seeing is a growing recognition that in order to tackle um, what people have in the past thought of as instructional problems, we really need to think in terms of a system perspective, where we're building um, leadership teams. Um, we're bringing in partners, um, agencies, organizations, leadership teams, where we're collectively allocating resources in a way that align with it. And I think SOARS developed some really wonderful tools. That's one of the, the pieces I came to, is that, you know, we have an enormous amount of expertise in this country about, you know, what effective reading instruction looks like, what effective writing instruction looks like. But how do we make sure that the people who are at the front lines have it um, and that are supported and engaging in those practices? How do we make sure that what they're evaluated by, that the resources around coaching and support are really aligned to those? And then more broadly, what we know in terms of, you know, the quality conditions that need to be in a child's life for them to be ready to learn. So I think the management piece, that is the crux of where we need to be. We're often asking the wrong questions. We're off, you know, we often ask, so what programs should we be putting in schools? What tests should we be giving kids? And it really is around how do we identify what needs to happen and how do we coordinate and manage the, the wealth of resources in this country to ensure that the right things are happening or that we're studying them in a way so we can make very intentional decisions to modify those. And I think that's, that's what SOAR is about. That's why I developed LOCI, to really say it's not just about kind of naming the problem, it's coordinating and managing the resources. And we're really starting to see, you know, nationally communities take, tackle this on, realizing that the hospitals, the churches, the social service agencies, and the schools you know, we, we can't just be looking at the problem from different lenses. We need to be looking at it collectively and integrating and managing our resources appropriately. And we're seeing a lot of foundations as well um, move from just grant making to really understanding that they're critical connectors to support and leverage existing resources in the community um, you know, to ensure really coherent, aligned action. So uh, for listeners, if you think about the communities in the United States, there are essentially two or three critical pillars, social pillars in every community, right? I, I, I don't think anyone would argue that a school mm-hmm. and a school system is a critical community pillar. No one would argue that a health system within that community or that serves that community, if it's a rural uh, community, mm-hmm. is, is a pillar for mm-hmm, that community. For sure. and, and I think mm-hmm. also the various religious organizations, whether right. they're churches or temples or whatever, mm-hmm. that are essentially a place for people to come and be able to um, you know, share their faith and and their passions and focus for what they want to you know make the world a better place. Those are all foundational for any community. So that is the structure that we look to as we're addressing these things because those are the places that individual members of a community will go to for the support of education, for the support of healthcare, for the support of just general overall well-being. Um, so. 
when you're approaching a community issue, you look at fundamentally where those resources are and how you can help uh, coordinate their collective activities towards these kinds of focused um, challenges. Kehlani, um, any insight on that nationally where uh, there's been examples of good synergy and collaboration like that around these core fundamental processes within communities? Well, I think we see a lot of emergent uh, places where actions are being taken. You know, if you look in at Oakland, they're really looking at a uh, you know a birth through thirteen, and they're you know developing strategies. Um, you know, foundations are working not just to support um, early literacy, making sure kids enter uh, kindergarten ready to learn, but they're tackling the issue of, of finance and putting creating savings accounts for kids. Um, you know, we look at places where in San Antonio Reads that they're really bringing uh, together so that individual funders are actually, you know, collectively working together to identify here's a few target areas that we want to marshal our resources around. Um, looking at places like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati where they're tackling them and thinking about early childhood learning and out-of-school learning and 21st century learning skills and creating preschool. Tennessee as a state has been tackling not just, we don't want to just get bodies uh, and spaces in preschool, but what does high-quality preschool look like? I mean, what you see now nationally is people starting to really ask the questions that are not about sort of blaming and finding a single problem, but understanding problems require us to work together in a very coordinated fashion so that we are integrating resources, that we're integrating and aligning an assessment or progress monitoring or accountability system so that we can really measure and show gains and we can recalibrate our actions in very short, you know, short inquiry cycles of, of practice. Yeah, that's a, those are perfect examples. So, uh, Lisa, back to what you were talking about in terms of project management. Mm -hmm. So what SOAR does to help with this is we have a software application, uh, the acronym of which is PULTS. And the idea is you're keeping your finger on the pulse of what, in this case, a jurisdiction is doing. But it stands for purpose-led strategy execution. So the idea is it cascades from what your strategic priorities are all the way down to the frontline actions and measures. In between those two is what are initiatives are you going to do based upon your learning of root causal factors, right? And then what kind of actions are going to be taken by individuals? And then it's connecting all of them. So it's a cloud-based application that, that is represented on people's phones so they can see what I'm doing relative to the overall and I can enter information about what I just did and now it's it's electronic and it's available so if the steering committee in this case is meeting on a monthly basis they can see exactly the status of everything they're working on who did it where they need to focus and kind of you know what's red that we really need to concentrate on what's kind of yellow and trending red and for the green stuff great now we don't need to talk about that like that's that's all good but that way you can facilitate facilitate orchestrated action across very disparate um resources in a community even or, volunteers even volunteers and and actually create a quite effective uh, outcome uh, another uh, tool that we use is very focused e-learning. So if you're taking on a particular initiative where people need to have critical information about what are the root causal factors or how are we going to approach this, we provide that, that sort of tool, again, available on their mobile devices so they can, again, 
it's all, always done around focus, action, and feedback. So what are we focusing on? What actions are we wanting you to take? What kind of feedback uh, you know, can you expect and, and or participate in to be able to be successful? We find that if we have those kinds of foundational tools, it's much, much more effective for jurisdictions and organizations to be able to, to harness the energy, if you will, of the people that are committed to solving the problem. I, I imagine, too, that it, it does away with redundancy. I think one of the things when you're talking about coordination, you know, that's the big, that's the hardest part of it. Um, you know, how many times, and, and Dr. Dunsmore, you may have seen this, how many times, like you said, people think they're doing the right thing, and you have three different groups doing the same thing, like trying to reinvent the wheel, I mean, how much time and money and energy gets wasted? Uh, yes, and I think I mean I think that's part of what you need to recognize is if we're going to move forward in this new way and really make measurable gains, it's being willing to say no to good things and good people, um, so that we can say yes to our very narrow and clearly defined priority that we're going to line up against. Or as I was just talking to a, a, a program officer from a national foundation. Um, and, you know, and he indicated, he's like, look, this is the bus. You know, we've been studying this issue. We've defined it. This is the bus, and we all need to get on this bus. And there are things that we're going to say, nope, not doing that, not funding that. Maybe we'll connect you to people who are doing that. But if we want to collect, we have to be on the bus together mm-hmm. and head in this direction. And it does mean saying no to some things, not because they're not well-intentioned, not because they're good, not good, or there's good people or expertise behind it, but it's getting very, very clear about when we define the problem, we name the solution, and we orchestrate and put the resources around that. So let's explore that a little bit further in the time we have remaining, Keilani, about the potential synergy and integration of foundations with this really important local work in jurisdictions and schools to be able to, for example, solve the literacy challenge. Uh, how does that work, and and what is kind of the recommended approach in terms of jurisdictions that just want to dive in and get started how how does that work so you know i'm not going to say money isn't um an issue because money you know i've been in schools like i said where they don't have money to buy books um and it's really astounding to me the disparity in this country when you go to schools that they have you know kids have and every kid's got a computer or every kid's got a chromebook and then other schools where they don't even have anything so there certainly are disparities in terms of finances but I would say money isn't the problem generally um, in terms of, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of the piece of it, but really it's about coordination of resources. And what I've seen is that foundations now, I, I used to work for a foundation. Um, we were an operating foundation instead of a grant meeting, and the distinction's important here. Um, you know, operating foundations really kind of name the work they're going to do and really invest and in, in get in it. But even grant-making foundations, which the majority are really shifting their focus, and instead of saying, okay, you know, here's projects, if you've got a good one, apply, and we'll vet them if we think it's a good idea. And they're recognizing that, you know, all of these years, the past, you know, 30, 40 years of pretty significant foundation investment in this country, you know, has, has, um, has made good things happen, but at a micro level. And what we're really looking at is changing the conditions and changing opportunities in sustainable ways. So what we're seeing foundations do and the way we partner with foundations is is in a very coordinated way. So it's not funding a particular program. It's bringing together all the critical players and having them come to that shared agreement that this is 
This is how we're defining and understanding the problem. These are the actions we're going to take and the progress we're going to monitor. And we're seeing foundations really want to be in that space where it's don't just bring me a good idea, collectively come together and name it. And so as a community or a community foundation or the business community, you know, people are very willing to invest. But they want to really know that there's been thought put into understanding and defining the problem and coordinating all the actions around it so that you can also investigate, hmm, is this moving the needle? If not, we can quickly understand why and make some shifts and so we can measure the progress that we need to make. Yeah, so people want to make sure that their money is making an impact. Yeah, we want, I mean, we want to make an impact. Everybody wants to, you know, I want to do things in my classroom that are going to make a difference. We want to make sure that if you're having us do this, you know, that we, it's not somebody's telling us to do this, but we own it collectively and we're defining it, we're measuring it, we're making the impact. So the opportunities we're looking for is the opportunity to collaborate with foundations, not just to ask yeah. them for money, but instead share in a common purpose, which they have yep. usually very defined things that they're trying to accomplish. So where there's that synergy, how can we collaborate, leverage their knowledge and their engagement and their support, which would, which would also include some financial resources, mm -hmm. but that, that in, a, in a collaborative way empower jurisdictions to solve these very complicated problems by, by going simple. Like go down to the root causal factors, understand what you have to do, make sure you're measuring it effectively, and then as we can all celebrate the success of that combined effort. Absolutely. You know, I love this idea this year that we're taking on topics. Um, literacy kicks us off in such a great way, but I know there are a lot of other topics that people are interested. And if we're talking about communities of excellence, we're talking to our viewers, our viewers, that, that, that's TV lingo, folks, <laughs> our listeners. Uh, sometimes we have videotape of it. Um, to our listeners, if there are topics that you want to delve into, that you, here's the beauty about SOAR Vision Group. What you guys do and that framework can be put, as we said, across, across any every, business, right. it can be put across any problem. It can be put across any topic. So for those of you out there who want uh, to, to suggest a topic or there's a topic that you're struggling with or there's a problem that you see in your community, um, is there a way, Ben, they could reach out to you? Yeah, so on uh, the new SOAR website that we launched, there's an interactive tool where you can say, this is what I'm concerned about and I'm trying to learn more information on. And one of our team members will follow up and and support that inquiry and try to answer that question and see how we can help you. I mean, right there initially, you're getting some free help, getting direction on what you want to do, and maybe partnering with you guys further. I know that you have sort of levels of what you do. But thanks so much uh, again for Dr. Dunsmore for joining us again. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate our listeners for joining us on Leader Dialogue. Uh, you can always listen to a new live show. Again, this is the SOAR Vision Group and the Baldrige Foundation, but we also keep them on archive so that you can come go look at them. We have them on businessradiox.com from the Gwinnett studio. It says Leader Dialogue and also leaderdialogue.com slash podcast. And we've sort of put those now in categories of topics. So that's a great way to talk, you know, see what we've covered and see if there's something you'd like to learn more about. From all of us here, Ben, Lisa, and our producer, Mike, I'm Duffy Dixon. Join us next time on Leader Dialogue here on Business Radio X. Mm -hmm.